Ladies and gentlemen, and for those who are of a different persuasion, we are gathered here today to honor the memory of fallen ones. That is, the morals, the values, and the fact that you may get offended at things that we say in here. But you know, we do care, but at the same time, we don't care. So with that said, be forewarned that the following podcast is likely to offend you, because as Jim does me, he offends me daily. Welcome to Noise of the Brain, everyone. I'm Jim, and with me is Richard. Hey, Jim. How are we doing this week? I'm wonderful. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fantastical. Excellent. And with us this week is Jesse. Hello, everybody. I'm afraid to talk because the making fun will officially begin. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Jesse. Jesse is a member of Noise of the Brain and has been since pretty much the start, actually. We... You jumped into my game uh, first session, like, over two years ago. Yeah, it's hard to believe it's been that long. Like, I still remember when we jumped on and you're like, oh, I'm going to help you create a character. I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) And now it seems so easy. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's gotten there. So tell us... Yeah, you're going to be running games. But tell us about yourself, Jesse. Um, You know let everyone know who you are what you're about and uh any interesting info that you'd like people to know well as far as interesting info i really don't know but um i've been a huge fan of fantasy be it tv movies books since i was a kid i mean i grew up on the sword and sorcery conan movies of the 80s some of them probably had more sex than a child should have been watching but i mean that's why I like them. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I always wanted to play D and D, but I didn't know where to start or you know who's gonna. When I was a kid, I thought, well, who's gonna take on this blind person? Who's gonna you know help me know what I'm supposed to do? You know, what should I braille? That sort of thing. So I hadn't thought about it in a while, and I think I was looking at the top tech tidbits email maybe i'm wrong but i saw it somewhere and i was like oh someone's actually doing this D thing so i figured i'd check it out and i've been hooked ever since kind of like i thought i would be once i first ever heard about it when i was a kid yeah man it's been a lot of fun with you so which uh, eye condition do you have jesse uh i've been totally blind since birth um I actually forget the name of it, but we call it full blind. <laughs> yeah, full blind. You have to say it in a southern accent. <laughs> yep, you sure do right there, my God. Uh, basically, I was born five months premature, and my retinas detached. So I think it's retinopathy or something like that. Yeah, I, I had that whenever I had the rig. Oh, okay. Yeah, you don't realize it, but it can be kind of painful at the same time. Five months premature. You must premature. You must have been like the size of a thumb. Yeah, that my dad always says I could fit in his hand. At one point, I think I was one pound. I forget one pound ten ounces or something like that. But then that might be wrong. But at one point, I dropped out to one pound eight ounces. So they didn't think I was going to make it, especially in '83. But luckily, I'm here to annoy everyone. Yeah, that reminds <laughs> me of that. Zach Galifianakis joke, I was born three pounds, 800 ounces. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me. Uh, he is hilarious. 
hey, you know, I know me and you have talked about it like off of you know podcasts and all, but yeah, it's amazing. You're like one pound, you know, eight, eleven ounces, ten ounces. You know, I was like seven pounds, fourteen ounces. Well, you're a southern baby, you know. That's you're, right. you're built from <laughs> well, fried chicken, and exactly, I came out holding a chicken leg. But you see, what I tell everybody <laughs> is, my head was like seven pounds. The rest of my body was like fourteen ounces. <laughs> <laughs> In I mean, terms of ego, it's still <laughs> dramatically larger than the rest of your body. Well, oh, I mean, physically, I mean, I I remember seeing my baby picture and then walking by it a hundred times, you know, and then one time it caught my eye for some reason. I'm like, fuck, I got a big ass head. You know, hold it up. You know? The worst part of being born in the 80s is when you look at your friend's childhood pictures and they have mullets <laughs> just like, oh, yeah God. yeah i Why came out with one of those too you know <laughs> <laughs> dropping the sideburns so jesse uh, what do you have you found different about dungeons and dragons that you didn't expect when going into it then um so richard knows this but when i was a teenager i did okay you, you can admit to it sorry my computer was trying to reset on me um <laughs> i did fantasy wrestling when i was a kid and you basically would write out role plays of like interviews for your matches or whatever so awesome. i was looking forward to like that aspect of it but when i finally started i had a little bit of trouble like speaking the role play as in like not sitting behind a keyboard writing it but like actually acting it out was a bit awkward for me in the beginning i think yeah and all the rules like the ability scores all that stuff some people may say i'm still not good at that but just keeping everything straight like okay this is what you roll for the dice and this is what you roll for your spells and as everybody knows math math is (laughs) the bane of my existence (laughs) I think, though, you're really good as a player, Jesse, because you never step on anyone's toes and you always encourage other people to get involved and try stuff. A lot of people want to steal the limelight and you're definitely a team player. But I want to know about these wrestling fantasy interviews, man. Were you, like, writing interviews like, God, you better come on down face me tonight, you coward, and stuff like that? Or how did it work? It was pretty much like that, but the funny thing is, and I've never gone back to look at them because... A lot of the websites are offline and stuff, but there's people that would write, in my opinion at the time, like short story length interviews. I would always do like a couple paragraphs, but these people would like do 10 paragraphs. And it was, I was like, I will never be at these people's level. Like some of the people were actually really good writers. And it was fun. I'd like to go back. I know it's still around. I'd like to go back and see if I can find any of my old stuff, but I'm sure if I look at it now, I would cringe like, you talk like a gangster and your grammar was horrible. I still got all of my role plays and promos like on a jump drive somewhere. You have to email those to me. Uh, I'm no. very curious. Okay. <laughs> Never mind then. Dude, nah, I don't mind. If I can find them, I will. But, um, you know, to go off of that, that, that was a lot of fun in my life, doing that. You know, it it helped your creativity. It helped, and, and me, it helped, like, it gave me an outlet. I don't know if it gives you an outlet, too, Jesse, but it's like, you know, you got all these ideas in your head, and 
you know, while we can't be a wrestler, you know, in real life, you know, we could at least portray one, you know, in like the fantasy world. Yeah. And the thing that was fun for me too, is I got involved in like the match writing side of it. So you'd basically write out the results, but they would write out like move for move what happened and they have commentators and stuff like that that was fun to like construct a match like okay this is what i see in my head i'm gonna write this out i had fun with that which is why i think i'm looking forward to the dming part of DD, like creating the story even though i'm going off a campaign just being able to create what hopefully people will enjoy well i'm surprised you haven't done more creative writing jesse because you read so much like whenever i'm on twitter it's like jesse's finished another book yeah it's all it's on my twitter basically is now like i used to tweet and i had a friend that i used to tweet with you know back and forth and all that kind of stuff years ago but for the past like two years it's just been goodreads updates because i don't even bother anymore i read it but i never tweet I enjoy it, man, because your reviews and stuff go up on there as well. And to be honest, if I see that you're reading something, I I check it out because you've got a pretty good radar of, of books because you've read so much. But I imagine that would contribute well to creating narrative or improvising with D&D. Or do you feel that that's going to benefit you? I do. And what I, what I was talking to Richard actually the other day about is the Christmas one-shot, which was not put on Knights of the Braille because we started recording it. It went super X-rated. Um, not be- not because of me, because of the players. And basically, we were about half an hour into it and completely went off script. I didn't write it. Like, I find myself, I don't write a whole lot for the one-shots. I put, like, a basic outline of notes. Okay, I want to get from point A to point B. But I had so much fun just improvising. Like, okay, they're going to go here and Santa Claus... I mean, Mrs. Claus, basically, they said had an affair with Krampus. So we're just going to go with that. (laughs) And I like, I enjoyed all of it, but I came alive when I had to think on my toes and improvise with it. So that's really what I'm looking forward to, I think, because I know the people in the group, they are going to completely go off any script I would have. So (laughs) not me, Jim, not me. No, 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 not him. He's not. (laughs) Well, he might, but you're not the ones I'm really thinking of. Well, Richard, you know, I, I, go ahead, Jim. I was going to ask Richard, how, how do your anxieties feel about Jesse saying, yeah, I just write a rough outline and then just, you know, <laughs> figure it out. But Richard's like, how do you not have notes on notes? <laughs> and, and Jim knows, because me and him talked about this, I take a ton of notes, and Jesse knows that. You know, but I, I do want to say this in the defense of the one-shot group, and then, you know, I'll talk a little bit more about the whole notes thing. It was a blast. It, it, it was a blast, but one of um, Krampus's attacks was called the Rootin'. Well, <laughs> <laughs> me and a couple others, we took that and totally turned it around. And I guess was... the Rootin' is like a, I don't, a Germanic name for a giant stick or something like that, but that's what oh, the yes, attack was named. So, it's, it's a southern boy, did they fuck people. with that. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's also Australian slang for uh, having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, oh, man, we just, we had a blast with it. But, you guys um, should have posted it, man. <laughs> I didn't know, honestly, I didn't know how you would feel about it, so that's why I stopped I recording I don't give a shit. 
we've got more adults on here than than younger people and oh. you know everyone's here to have a good time if someone gets offended then they can fuck off what got me is when you talked about the 12 year old and i'm like oh god if that 12 year old listens to this no uh, they're fully aware that the podcast feed we richard and i put disclaimers on it say like hey uh <laughs> don't let your kids listen to this yeah, because they will be warped. Um, it, got, it got to the point where our female elf wanted to sit on Santa's lap, and that's where we ended. Oh, and, um, man. He was definitely going to be rooting, too, you know. But that's <laughs> <laughs> that's, but, that's you know, one thing that I, I haven't done in much in d and I, I just... I don't know if it's just me as a person, but the romantic stuff and the the like the day I just can't get into it. I'm like we're doing combat in the story, and I, I can't do that stuff. I don't I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm a private person. But do you guys yeah. ever feel weird with that stuff with your uh, mates? Were you still part of the Tuesday group when Talon had his romantic storyline? Yes, that was so awkward. Yes. I would have been able to go with it, but it was awkward because the character was awkward. So I had a hell of a time, like trying to play as Talon, not as what I would do. Yeah, I mean, it it was fun, but I was sort of like, this is more like a soap opera than um, an adventure, and and that's fine if that's what you want to play. But for me, I'm just like, I, I enjoy the adventure stuff and the romance stuff. I'm sort of like, yeah. I'm okay. But that's just me as a person, right? Like, there's plenty of people that love that stuff. Yeah, I I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was, but I'm like, I hate that he's so awkward because there's things I want to say that he would never say. Like, I struggle with that. (laughs) I find a lot of my characters, I base them off me, which really, like, the best role-playing idea, but... I'm better at acting how I would react than, okay, this person is a snobbish ass. This is how he's going to be. I'm not a snobbish ass. I can't play that character. Well, that that was going to be my next question. How do you find it, like, changing from what you are to what your character could be? And and speaking more specifically, whenever you played Kelton, after he lost many, many friends and companions, um... You know, Kelton kind of started getting an attitude, and while I I know you, it takes a lot for your attitude to come out. You know, how was it different playing a, a nice, laid-back kind of guy with Kelton, who was finally good and pissed off and wasn't going to take anymore? Um, I think the original idea for Kelton was he was going to be like arrogant and you know think he was above everyone else, but then when everything happened it was easy for me to switch into he's going to be pissed off because I would be pissed off. Like I just had him react to everything, you know, losing the companions, everything that happened. It was far easier with me for me to build off that than okay. He's just going to be an asshole from the beginning for no reason. Like the motivation helped me. Right. And that, and you got a best friend out of the deal with uh, Perry Wimple, you know, Periwinkle was the most amazing NPC that I've ever come across in my entire life. <laughs> Describe yeah, Periwinkle um, to us, Richard. Uh, Periwinkle, he was a, uh, a brute, basically. And I did a little modification to him. Uh, his intelligence originally, I think, was six, and I dropped it to three. Um, <laughs> I mean, he was just a big, dumb lug, you know. And he had originally seen 
skeleton shifted into bear form. And we were supposed to fight, right? I think in the shop. Yeah, y'all. I want to think if I remember right, y'all were intended to fight. Yeah. And Kelton had shifted into a bear, and Periwinkle was like, Kajos! Kajos! <laughs> and just went up and gave give the big old bear a hug, you know. That's and awesome. From then on, it was like, he, he was sad if Kelton wasn't in bear form. And, you know, it, it was the most. It was incredible. Like I want one shots with just those two characters. So if yeah. anybody wants to write that, feel free. Uh, but it, it was amazing. He's been. He's probably been my favorite NTC as well. And the greatest part about him was whenever he would get attacked, like he would talk normal. Like if he was angry, he would. <laughs> I forgot that. Oh man. But yeah, he'd be like, yeah, you know, and he'd get hit, be like, hey, don't you ever fucking do that again. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, it, it was, oh man, it was amazing. You know, and, That'd be and, funny, and yeah. a character yeah. like that, if every time he gets hit, it, t- it either switches him to normal or back to nonsense. <laughs> so you have to hit him every time you want him to talk. Oh yeah, um, I may I may put that into a Rusty's character, you know, because he's got oh, a big southern Did you accent. tell Jim about this character? I told him a little bit about Rusty. I may change it where like he gets hit, he starts speaking with a British accent or something. You know? <laughs> Is this your dwarf? Yes. And he yeah, rides I, a like a dog, right? Yeah, he rides a mastiff. Um, awesome. The the awesome DM said that he would allow that, so I was like, I got yes. But uh, his, well, his name is Rusty Earl Stonewall. Nice. Oh, yes. Love it. You were um, saying he's going to have a samurai sword, right? Yes. Uh, he's yeah, going to have a cool. katana and two scimitars. That's really cool, uh, man. So, Jesse, um, what what has been your favorite like memory or experience in, in the game? Did you ask them because you know what I'm going to say? No, I mean, because I haven't... I don't know like, like everything that has gone on with Jim's campaign or with uh, uh, Eric's campaign. I know what's going on in ours, you know. Uh, I would say I have three, actually, one from each. Um, ours would be the one, not my favorite. It was horrifying to me, but the windmill. <laughs> what happened there? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, God. Don't, don't, Jesse. Don't the windmill, fell, the windmill fell over by accident and killed everyone. Um, for Jim's campaign, it would probably be the play that Krager had to participate in. <laughs> either yeah. either that one or the whole I'm so woman quote, which Jim will remember. Yeah, we, we had a, a play going on and the rogue in the party had to play a woman. And to portray that, he just went on stage and said, I'm so woman. <laughs> <laughs> Hear me roaring. Uh, <laughs> And for Eric's, it would probably be Jim was part of this too. When I had Talon jump off the third story balcony and he did not die. That was awesome. That is proof that just, you know, doing crazy shit is memorable in D&D. Oh yeah. That's where I felt like I really began to like, I don't want to say fit in, but gel with the group when I was like, okay, Talon's just going to be a daredevil. I can play that. Because, you know, we had had our your campaign and then when i jumped into the tuesday one i'm like oh these people are far more advanced than me like how do i fit in but having talon jump off that third story balcony seemed to open me up and fit him in a little bit i feel like 
Um, and what? Uh, oh, go ahead, Richard. I was going to um, just one more that I can think of. Has D and D your expectations of it fit, or what it actually is? Has it fit your expectations? Um, it has as far as the game, like the gameplay. But I think I've gotten far more into like the character aspect of it and the role play than I thought I would. Like I didn't realize that was a big part of it. I felt like it was just okay. We kind of like a board game i didn't realize that it was like cohesive story that goes from week to week to week yeah like as immersive as it can be yeah like i love that even more that that's part of it oh yeah most definitely now think, jim I'll, yeah. uh, I'll get off your toe now you can <laughs> i think that what you guys are saying there the name betrays it dungeons and dragons makes it sound like a dungeon crawl it should be dungeons and dragons and ridiculous over the top stories is what the, yeah. the name should well, be uh, speaking of that, um, I think that's one of my favorite memories from Jim's campaign is uh, the little side quest that we did when a couple of people couldn't make it. Oh, you know, the whole 1980. I love that. Because <laughs> Robin was like, well, can we, you know, inhabit this building? Can we use it? And, and Jim was like, fuck, can't you all just go to a 1980s fucking dungeon and not worry about logic and morality? Just go in, kill I, the monster, get the I treasure. Think the 1980s dungeon is what I expected the game to be. That's a yeah, something. yeah, yeah. That's a good, good point, actually. But Jesse, as a blind player, how do you manage um, your character information? Like, what do you use for your character sheet? I just have a text file. Uh, I have a sheet that you made and a sheet that Richard made, and I just... There's probably other ways, but for me, I just open up WordPad and have, like, three different windows or whatever I need. That's one of the things that I'm most concerned... Well, not concerned, but thinking about with running it, it's like I'm going to have so many windows open, especially in battles. Like, that's what I struggle with the most. I think, like, flipping back and forth and keeping everyone engaged and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely running combat is complex, especially with knowing all of the monsters' abilities and stuff. You really have to sort of memorize part of it. I think it's easier for side people because then they can just have several things open, I guess, and use their peripheral to find what they're looking for. But yeah, it's pretty we, tough. We don't combat. have. <laughs> yeah, even me like I you know I can switch between a screen reader or magnification even I struggle with with combat it takes extra time you know but I think <laughs> players are pretty accommodating they know that it takes a bit longer and no one's getting impatient but I, I do feel that it makes me want to engage combat less purely because Dungeons and Dragons combat can drag out as well because of the the amount of hit points you get at higher levels, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, I know of some of that. <laughs> yes. I mean, it, it happens. Um, Jim, you have any other questions for Jesse? Or do do we have time to make fun of him? You know. Oh, we've got time God. to make fun of him. Yeah, no, I don't really have any <laughs> any questions for Jesse. Is there anything you wanted to talk about today, Jesse? Um, okay, that's enough. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, not really. So you guys go ahead and make fun of me. Nah, um, and I want to ask Jesse because uh, you know we've talked about the D and D aspect, but what about you? Remember whenever we played in the um, uh, it wasn't Warhammer, it was uh, the Alien RPG. You know, and I'm not trying to put one on top of the other because I enjoyed both of them. Which 
do you prefer though? Like the like the D twenty rules with D and D or the uh, the D six like rule set? Um, I feel like with the modifiers and everything in D and feel like for the alien one, and this is going to be kind of a waffle when I answer. I feel like the D twenty works for D and D, but the alien with the D six added more. Uh, what's the word? Tension. Yeah. Based on what's going to happen. It's like, oh, I got to get a six. Well, I didn't. Well, I'm dead. Like, (laughs) it was more stressful, I felt like. Yeah, and I agree. And that was the the setting, too, you know. And it's not a D&D setting, but, you know, that's another one of the fun memories that I have whenever me and you have gotten to, you know, playing the game together was the whole chess baby thing with, you know, Myrtle. You know, um, yeah, that really was played fun. off of that. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, there. And- I think that's another thing that I enjoy, like that I didn't maybe think about was how well you can play off of certain people and your characters mesh together. Right. You know, and that's happened. I know in the Wednesday group with uh, you and Adrian, whenever he was Vickless and you was Kelt, and it it just meshed. And you know, I've I've seen it. Um, with like you and like Liam, seem seem to roll off really good with with each other in the in the Sunday group. You know? Yeah, yeah, it does. I feel that way too. It does seem that way, especially oh the age the Vickless and Kelton was a great friendship that ended too soon when the windmill fell. That's because you killed him. Um, yeah, with the- <laughs> and then we played out like the goodbye which was sad too like at least in my opinion that that got me as well but i I think that's that's part of it that if there is such a friendship or relationship in in the game and something happens like that 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 it needs to be played out as well because otherwise there's no real closure so to speak um go ahead i was just gonna say um yeah character deaths can be really powerful i feel like um i know in the tuesday campaign when jim's character was killed because jim was stepping away it was a lot like more powerful than i expected it to be (laughs) like we had a funeral and everything and then when you know our rogue died on sundays we're like oh we just have a funeral (laughs) (laughs) um and how do you uh, roll dice? I know me and you talked before about the online dice roller that we both use, but I believe you also have a, a set of braille dice as well, right? I do. I was testing out. Um, actually, you guys had mentioned it on the podcast. I was testing out those dice, but I still prefer the online dice roller, I think, like when all is said and done. I used to use that ready-to-roll RPG, but... That's not working for me. It stopped working. I don't know if it's my phone or what. So I just go with the online no, dice the, roll. The developer stopped supporting it for some reason. So oh, okay. I'm, I'm not sure why. But yeah. Oh, my dollar uh, ninety nine back. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what everyone was saying. They were like, I paid for this. But yeah, oh. to jump in for a second. What you guys are talking about with the, the D6 system for Alien, which um, I also used for uh, Wrath and Glory, which I ran the other week. It's so much easier to get newer players into it because it's just 
you know you roll 3d6 that's it there's no modifiers there's nothing else it's very straightforward and i feel like that would be a better introduction for a lot of people but because dungeons and dragons is so well known that's the game everyone wants to jump in on and this may be sometimes a little too advanced for people that are brand new to rpgs so yeah do you feel that if you'd have come in on a simpler system jesse that that would have been a better bridge or are you glad that you were thrown in at the deep end i'm glad i learned it and was thrown in but i do think simpler might have been better in the beginning um but i mean i'm glad i know it now but i think for beginning players it would be the d6 is a lot easier and i saw somebody was running that dungeon world i wonder is that simpler do you know or is that the same as dnd it is a bit simpler in terms of narrative. Actually, the, so you guys are talking about character relationships. Dungeon World is fantastic for setting up character relationships because um, you go through a thing in character creation where it says, you had such and such experience with another party member. Pick the party member and describe what happened. And that way oh. you're creating like a backstory with them. And then the, the other part is like having good relationships with characters is that you all have to share a common goal as well. It, if you just throw characters in, someone's like, my character wants to do this. And it's like, well, if you want to do something else, the other characters are going to kind of get pissed off with you and not want to. <laughs> yeah, we, we've experienced that. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. Um... But yeah, I, I have to agree with Jesse there. I, I mean, I, I jumped right into the deep end as well with uh, a group that had like two experienced players in it, all the way from, I think they may have started at two, uh, but it was at least three, um, third edition. So it's like, it can be a bit overwhelming, you know? Um, but then I found Knights of the Braille and shoot, it wasn't long before I had emailed Jim was like, yeah, I think I can run the game. <laughs> you know, and um that's coming up in a month and a half will be my one year anniversary for being a dm wow. i will get absolutely nothing but probably kick between the legs by jesse but that's okay and you know, you've had to deal with me for almost a year i know god is good he keeps my my sanity um, i remember oh go ahead i was just gonna say i remember finding out when i found out how long you had been playing like being stunned that you were as good as you were and like able to i'm gonna dm because i did not feel ready in the short amount of time that i would have had like at your level i would have never wanted to do it but i would have never known that yeah i figured you were playing for years Oh yeah, wow. like listening to Richard's games, sorry to cut you off Richard to praise you, but listening to your games, it's crazy how much information you relay to the players and then you're jumping in between NPCs and stuff and doing it all through a screen reader is fucking crazy. Wow, um, I'm like really stunned here and, and I do appreciate it and you know it's like me and you have talked before Jim and I think me and Jesse have talked about this too. I always, always think I'm doing such a horrible job at it. And I'm not saying that to get more praise. <laughs> I, I'm not. You know, I'm but the same way. You're yeah. your own worst enemy and your own worst critic. And it's like, God, I wish I'd have done that differently. But but it means the world to me. And, you know, I, I can say this out here because Jim will edit it out. You know, <laughs> <But> it, it, <laughs> it, it means the world to me whenever 
it's say Sunday and everybody's talking about man I can't wait till Wednesday or or as we call it cake day you know cake day where does that day. come from Adrian <laughs> Adrian he's like no we, we're gonna eat cake today and I think he said it just one time but, but he it, did it, but we've we've kept it you know and that as a DM is is all the things that I need that come Sunday everybody's ready for cake day you know yeah, Sunday we're usually ready by Thursday <laughs> <laughs> to be honest but it, it means the world to a DM for the players to, to thank them after every session you know as, as the Wednesday group does do and for them to be eager for it you know it makes the like oh god that, I sucked that session that was horrible you know for them to keep wanting to do it it is all the thanks and gratitude that, that I need as a DM and I'm sure Jim would feel the other the same way. Oh yeah, you get imposter syndrome no matter what. Like I I always feel after a session like oh that went fucking terribly. But you know, it, as I said to Richard, you know, even some players that don't seem to engage, if they're showing up every week it means they're having fun and they want to be there. Right. But right. For Richard he had a sort of trial by fire because I mean, you know, I know people had their problems and I'm not trying to comment on their character but you had some shitty players oh uh, we we I honestly thought that Wednesday was done it was exploded and then we just the three of us that were left just kind of bonded over this and we're like okay we're yeah. gonna make this work and now you've got an amazing group like when I listen yeah. to your sessions online I'm like man these guys are great and everyone's oh yeah we have a blast yeah, yeah. It, it's them who makes me just like you know it's the Sunday group that makes you in my opinion you know it you have to have a good group to make a good DM yeah it, absolutely it, it, that makes sense. but it's reflective you know? right it's the environment yeah. that you create because if you were you know an iron fisted monster that kills their party every week <laughs> then <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, it's Game, it's game you know, of Thrones you, every Wednesday. If you're a shitty person and, and you run your game that way, then you attract shitty people. So, you know, it's reflective of you as a DM. Well, just to let you know, the, nobody in the Rhymers has died as of yet. No, we um, haven't. Yeah. Well, <laughs> actually, no. What, session you froze them. That was actually, the someone that died was last week, but it was their own... They wanted to switch, but characters. they were, but they were brought back because I'm such a nice and good DM. So you can't say they technically died because they have to create new characters. You know? we, we, I had my first <laughs> example of party justice last week, and it was the person Epic. wanted to change their character. So that was fun. You guys killed their character, or what happened? Yep. Uh, we beat the fuck out of them, and then. <laughs> <laughs> one of the bad we we turned him into one of the bad characters and the bad character killed him uh, Richard it'll, it'll man you should have kept that character alive and then brought it back in three months to fuck him over uh, it, it served a purpose though it, it had to happen um but you know it's always a struggle and I'm not trying to make the podcast about me here of course I can do that any week but it's always the struggle between you know going by the rules and going by the rule of cool you know but it, it helps so much when you have such an awesome group because it's like oh yeah true heck yeah i like that idea go with it you know yeah. and and i I've, I've just been blessed to have you know the good group on tuesday mornings as well you know and and the wednesday group 
I mean, it's just, it's awesome. That Tuesday group is a blast to listen to too. If you guys haven't the Star Wars, that's a lot of fun. Oh yeah, I love the fact <laughs> there's an Ewok in the party, man. That's awesome. Oh, I know yeah. that's amazing. I see my favorite character is the Gurker, you know, the spiced out Wookiee that can't fly unless he's high. Is is that the same exact character Adrian played, or is that just a model of that one? Not exactly, because I did um, roll for the stats on this one, um, but a lot of the same personalities. I, I couldn't use the same character that I had given Adrian because right. I would, I would oh not my live God, up was to that, that was That was the most amazing <laughs> thing I've ever experienced in my life, I think. Was that lucky? Oh, oh, it was a blast, and that's why I did did this one, you know. But yeah, I, I've been blessed with two good two good groups. After the first, you know, one like kind of blew up like a like a nuclear bomb, you know. Well, that's it, the, I'm I'm concerned, like, and uh, I'd, I'd ask Richard's advice here because you know this is my first time DMing for the past two years. I've been playing in games a bunch, but. Um, I got lucky with a good group. I think because you guys were new players as well. I yeah, think that's pretty, why, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty laid back. But I, the n- next long-term campaign I'm starting up uh, later this year after this one's finished, you know, I, I'm i happy to have back everyone from the Sunday group, but I'm just going to say to everyone that, like, I'm just going to post it on the Discord and, you know, everyone just sign up and uh, I'll leave it open to everyone so it's fair. But I'm I'm worried about what if you get a bad app or what if you get a group that isn't cohesive. You know, what's your thoughts there, Richard and Jesse? Because you were involved in that sort of you know rough turbulent time. Well, I I think well for me I think just depending on what it is like talk to them about it. But if it's just something that can't be resolved, just sadly get rid of them and. I guess with Knights of the Braille, you have the ability to, if you get people that you don't know, like ask around, okay, have you DM'd with this person? How did it go? <laughs> like you can kind yeah. of find out beforehand. That's a good yeah. point, actually. Now that the community's grown, it's you can sort of ask people without being mean, just be like, oh, you know, have you run yeah. with this person? Everybody's but- kind of experienced most everyone else, for lack of a better term, I think. I've learned as well to, I've made a disclaimer for my next campaign. Everything's already set up for it, ready to go. (laughs) And the disclaimer is, this is going to get dark. There's going to be adult themes. It's going to be violent and brutal because, you know, I've had players that have played in other games I've done. I do lighthearted ones and I do, you know, hardcore ones like Alien. And I've had players say like, hey, man, this is this is really fucking heavy or, or dark or whatever. And I, I realized that I got to be upfront with people and uh, God I mean, bless them all. But what did they, ex- I don't know if you mean this, but what did they expect from a game that was alien? <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> and, and that's what you have to do. You know, it, it's warn them, you know, or not just them specifically, but like the, the general one, like this is going to get rough. This is going yeah. to be, like, like I did with, with our group, you know, I said, this is a horror campaign. It, it's dark, you know, and everybody's like, oh, okay. I was like, all right. You know, so, and there were some, there were a lot of lighthearted scenes in it, but then there were some really dark scenes, like the one where Perry Wimple was, you know, nearly dead because he had been tortured and disemboweled and, and brutally beat, you know, but that's to bring you back to the fact that 
dude, there is someone really, really bad here. I think the problem with that too was it is a horror campaign, but with our group, you have to have light moments because we just fuck around. So you couldn't even have like a completely serious game if you wanted it. I don't think it would work. No, it wouldn't um, because some people start talking about tips and things. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That was my one time I was drinking. That was the one time I said something. Oh, uh, it was. Uh, we will tell you that off off podcast. Uh... You, you have to have light-eyed moments in it in every game. Like even with Alien, you know, if it was heavy all the time, it'd be way too much. But I enjoy darker themes and things. I, I like the the darker aspects, the horror and stuff. Like you know, I'm. I said to you guys before, I'm going to be running Warhammer Fantasy roleplay because it's the same as D&D it's just dark and the the pre-made adventure is like a Cthulhu-esque type thing because that's what I enjoy you know so I, I'm I'm not saying like oh Dungeons and Dragons is too light hearted and I I don't want to do that I'm like oh I'll just try another game that's a bit darker and then I guess the rules fit that and people know what to expect right right you know, and I mean, you've done all you can do is warn them and let them know. Um, but to go back to the like, if you have a bad apple in your in your party, you know, talk to them. If things don't work out, then um, ask them to leave. I mean, that's all that you can do. Get the fuck out. Yeah, is pretty much. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, no more and, screwing around. Get the fuck out. And, no and nice person, email. No nice wording. <laughs> just get right to it. Set Jesse on him. And, and this person, you know, voluntarily left. You know, I, I didn't say anything yeah. to them. Um, but, I mean, there was some stuff that went on in, in the session. And, you know, I had to say that Adrian and Jesse, like, stepped up before I could even get a word out edgewise. And they were like, hey. It's like we both this. got pissed at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then yeah. Adrian just kept going. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to stand back and let him because he's got this. Good, right, you know, and, I, and, and that made me feel really good that... I don't know that they were necessarily like stepping up and you know taking it for me, you know, but but I I felt that they were taking up for me, so I was like, oh okay. And then you had to bring the character back to torture me. It was a horror campaign, sir. It was. You did a great impression of them, though. That was what was great about it. Well, that's right, buddy, old pal. But uh, you see, characters bond over slaying dragons and and that was your dragon to slay as players to, to right them real Exa- i think that's exactly right um yeah i mean that that's what you have to do and unfortunately everybody does not mesh and you know and and, and that's a bad thing because you want everybody to participate and to have fun but also at the same time it's not a bad thing because you don't want the whole party to be miserable the entire campaign it would like drag it down i think oh you do i want everyone just to have a shit time you know yeah man so y'all have a miserable time yeah uh but thanks for joining us this week, Jesse. We'll, uh, oh, yeah, sure. you know, please come back every week if you like. It's great to have another perspective on stuff as we, we talk about it, things. So there's an Jesse, open invitation. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and, and I know we've uh, just gotten to the tip of everything that Jesse has. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, open invitation, man. And if you don't want to come back every week, we'll have to force you back to talk about how it was uh, running a campaign and, and how you find the Emin. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Um, thanks for having me, and I will for sure come back. I don't know if it can be every week, but I'll definitely be here again. Awesome. And with that, uh, Jesse, how about giving us the uh, we'll hear you next week then to close us out. Um, we'll hear you next week. If you would like to contact Noise of the Braille, please use the following contact information. Uh, if you'd like to contact me, you can find me at on Twitter at RichardBean83. That's R-I-C-H-A-R-D-B-E-A-N-8-3. You can also email me at DellJuniorFan83 at gmail.com. That's D-A-L-E-J-U-N-I-O-R. F-A-N-8-3 at gmail.com and Jim has allowed me to run the Facebook group for Knights of the Braille. You can find us by searching us up on Facebook for under Knights of the Braille. You can also find our website at www.knightsofthebraille.com You can email us knightsofthebraille at gmail.com and you can contact us on Twitter at Braille Knights which is Bravo, Romeo, Alpha, India, Lima, Lima, Echo, Kilo, November, Indigo, Golf, Hotel, Tango, and Sierra. You can also join us on our Discord, which is linked through our website. And please present any questions there to us if you need help with anything. 